This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into our fourth and final hour of our four-hour block of outdoor programming heard Saturday mornings. Glad to have you with us. If you care to shoot us a text message, it's 870-870. So far this morning, we've been taking you around the state to different duck lines. Uh, we've already been out west to Calcasieu, talked to them out at Hackberry Rod and Gun. Blake Swallow up at Catahoula Lake with full strap and stringers. Mike Smiths and Delacro, as is Jimmy Corley. Uh, Darren Digby's out that way, too. Corey Dufresh on the North Shore. And so far, uh, nothing to write home about. Pretty slow on all counts. Uh, mining out a few birds. Some of them stayed a little bit later. Complaining about gnats in the marsh and uh, warm temperatures and, and absence of birds. But uh, let's go take you down now to, to Buras, uh, down by Cajun Fishing Adventures. Captain Joe DeMarco's got a group out there, and he's hunting this morning. Uh, Joe, what's going on over there with you guys? Ryan was saying it kind of slowed down the last few days. It has, Don. I'm I'm seeing a few birds move around. Uh, it seems like the the birds that we still have are still sitting outside. They've been here a long time, and it's uh we just we need to push the birds bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you, when I was down there, man, just going through that, that marsh, it's so beautiful. There's so much feed of all different varieties down there because of that river diversion that goes through there and just freshens that marsh up so nice. I don't know. It's just hard to figure why there's no birds there. If they were there, you'd think they would stay. you got some pressure, but not, you know, tons and tons where it would just run them all out of there. What do you think it's going to take to, to get uh, that place a shot in the arm for the ducks for the second split? I think we need cold weather up north. I've uh, I've talked to a couple of our customers, and I've had customers from Missouri and uh, Arkansas and all, and they are covered up with birds right now. My guys from Missouri said they, they're beyond peak numbers right now. Um, hmm. they, they, it hasn't frozen. I mean, they yeah. said they had one day of ice up there, and it melted again. Um, yeah. You know, if there's no reason to come down here, I mean, we got the feed. Once they get here, they'll stay. Uh, my son's hunting a refuge down, uh, Delta Duck Refuge today, and they have two birds right now. So <laughs> That's unbelievable. It, yeah, I mean, you would think the refuge would be holding something, seeing it doesn't get in a lot of pressure. But And he did say he didn't see a lot of snow geese down there. So that tells you right there we haven't had a big push. No, no, we, we so, nobody's seeing any geese. They're not coming either. And you know, you got to think that you know the food up the flyway. If the food's still there, no reason to come any further south. You know, right? And like I said, the the guys that that are from Missouri said, of course, they didn't get to plant as much because of all the flooding uh, this right. spring up there. So the places that do have standing corn are completely full of birds. Um, mm. And they're killing everything, even blue wings still up there. So yeah, uh, that's a that's a I job. Mean, when you when you change the the migration of a blue wing teal, 
I mean, they are programmed from birth to leave on, you know, summertime, length of day, September, right. late summer, they're on the way. Yep. But if, if everything they need is there, it, that could change. Yep. I mean, if they got – and all they need is food. I mean, once they get here – I mean, we still killing a few blue wing here, so we just haven't had that big push yet. Um, of course, we got, you know, a little push right prior to Thanksgiving, and – but it wasn't a lot of birds. Um, yeah. It was a very small push. We, you know, we got a few green wing in that push, but I mean, I'm in the marsh between oh, probably three other leases within earshot of me, and I've only heard a, a few volleys of shots all morning. So we just need the weather up north to push them down, and hopefully this week of the split, we'll get a, get some birds and. I sure hope so, because if not, late season's going to be a long one. <laughs> but, you know, Joe, you guys down there are a little bit more spoiled than everybody else, because the hunting down there has been so good for some. I mean, you've been gone down there for years, and you got to enjoy all those birds being covered up, and limits were easy to get. And a lot of people, um, you know, a good hunt is a bad hunt. A good hunt for them is a bad hunt for you, so you got to – Kind of put things in perspective. I know it's tough when you get used to, to having those kind of standards to come on down, but, you know, it's just a difficult situation. You know, as you know, Don, I've been doing this with Ryan for a long time, and uh, he, he really do get spoiled. And I, a lot of times when we have tough days, I just have to look around and say, look what I get to do every day. The birds <laughs> and the fish are extra. Yeah. For sure, Joe. Listen, hold on. If you want to, if you want to, hold on. I got Cody on the line, and we're gonna find okay. out. Let him tell us what. Unless you've been talking to him and you know what he's doing, I don't know. But if you want to hang in I there, I know he has, hang on. Yeah, let, I'll hang on. Let's bring Captain Cody in here. Cody, are uh, you free to talk, or are you covered up in birds and shooting and calling? Free to talk at the moment. <laughs> What's it been like this morning? Ah, you, you've been, been a uh, bunch of birds trying to get them to finish. Yeah. So, you, so you got uh, Cody that 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 skirt your decoys the ones that are all coming. Yeah, they staying out a little bit. They're not really not really committing. Just kind of flying around looking. <laughs> that's just older. I mean, that's just birds that have been here a while. Yeah, yeah, you right. can tell they're blind shy. It's like a second split duck. Uh, have y'all had any problems with the, the backwards tides to where the water's not right and maybe the birds are sitting offshore, or is that not the problem? That's been our biggest problem. The, the water's been low, yeah. so they've been sitting out. And then, I mean, we basically almost the whole duck season's been like hunting in the fall. 70-degree <laughs> yeah, temperatures, 60-degree yeah. calm, trout biting like crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, making duck hunting a little tough. Been, <laughs> it, the tides have been really weird this last two weeks. I mean – we've been watching, you know, we watch the tides every day. I mean, we live and die by them just like the fish and ducks do, and it has not been what the tide chart shows. No, not at all. So would a solution be to maybe schedule hunts in the afternoon? I mean, if you're hunting tides and tides is the determining factor on bird movement, maybe it might pay off. But that's not always practical, especially if you got people that want to fish, unless you fished them in the morning and then duck hunted later. Right, right. I, I think we really the biggest biggest problem is the weather. The weather's not coming to push them, and it's not making them want to get off the big water. 
it's too easy to sit out there and just hang out and eat out eat on what's out there instead of coming in. Yeah. And getting in the decoys. This is the first northeast wind we've had, what, Cody, since last week? Yeah. Yeah, this is and I mean it's the strongest. And it's actually blown a little bit. <laughs> right. This is the first first day since last Tuesday that uh I hunted my flat and it was it was doable. Um so it, it's definitely weather driven. Definitely weather driven issues right now. Yeah. Well, when you get that one two punch, that combination of you're not getting any fresh birds that are arriving and then you got the tides working against you too, and it's still and it's warm, and there's not a lot of movement of the ones that are here. That's what you get. You get you get a whole lot of sitting around telling jokes and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can see today. I mean, a lot of the ducks I've been seeing, it's pairs. You know, pair of ducks or it's three. Nothing. Nothing big flocks anywhere. Smaller flocks of teal than what you usually see. So you can just tell they've been here a while and been shot at. Well, either you guys yeah. got a fishing trip planned this afternoon? Oh, yes, yes sir. We both you know got us. We don't stop. <laughs> we don't uh, what's stop. the plan you know for the we fish? Look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, at the, especially at the end of the season, man. It's pretty haggard, you know? Y'all could try out for some of those movies about the zombies, man. Y'all looking pretty poorly at the end of that oh, yeah. season. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, season, no doubt. We're going we're gonna to leave out and try to go get on some redfish this season, and if everything lines out, hopefully some trout, too. Well, I hope y'all got a radio on the boat. They got a little football game going to be going on at three o'clock. You know, if y'all yeah, know. I got, I, you I, know, got we, the, I got it. <laughs> we might we might have to listen to that a little bit or come in early or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, man, you know we don't ever get to watch football games this time of the year. No, you're busy pretty much all day. You know? Yep. Saturday, Saturday, oh, yeah. two big days. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a trade-off, you know. It's it's like me on uh, every opening day of every season. Guess where I am? Right where yep, I'm at right we're now. We're talking to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the, on, the, on, the only opening day I've made in 30 years was, was it last year or two years ago when they opened that teal season on a Friday. You remember that because of the way the dates yeah. fell? Yeah. We had mm-hmm. a Friday, and yeah. I got to come down there on that Friday and, and hunt that opening yep. day. And that's the only yeah, it was, one I've it was, had that was weird to years. see you on the opening day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, guys, uh, good luck to you. Hang in there. I mean, I know things are going to change, and uh, pretty much they got to go for the better. I don't think it can get much slower down there, you know, according to what you guys are used to and the setup that you got down there. It's got to improve for the second split. Oh, yeah, we get the I weather. So. It gets a little cold up north. I think we'll we'll do fine just hoping for the weather. Yep. And y'all going for trout or reds later? Oh, I think a little bit of both. Oh yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a whatever, whatever wants to bite is gonna get caught. There yep. you go. That's the way to handle that. <laughs> All right, guys, hang in there. Good talking to you as always. Look forward to seeing y'all soon. All right, All right Don, have a good Thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right. Uh, you too. Captain Joe and Captain Cody down at Cajun Fishing Adventures. It's what you do on a slow duck hunting day. You know, you just kind of hang around the blind and enjoy the fresh air and swat a few mosquitoes and gnats, and hopefully some poor little duck will come in there and you welcome him aboard. All right, we'll be right back after this time out. It's more outdoors. I'm Don Dubuque. Good Saturday morning. 
All right, welcome back in on this uh, Pearl Harbor Day is what it's called, uh, December 7th. We remember the tragedy that took place that led us into World War II. It's also a very special date for us at Bayou Wild TV. It's the anniversary of our taping of our very first episode that was filmed at the Sanctuary uh, Hunting Lodge in Woodville, Mississippi. Uh, Martha Spencer, my co-host, uh, bagged her first deer ever, pretty nice buck, and it was kind of a uh, a very magical weekend. Uh, we woke the next morning to uh, flock snow. It looked like we were in a winter wonderland up there, and very rare to have that that far south. Beautiful place, and we got some great footage, and it kicked off a show that now will be starting uh, the premiere of Season 4 coming up in February. Right now we're in the Season 3. A lot of good features for you to watch. Don't forget to check it out. You can find out all our listings uh, where we air the show if you go to our webpage at TV. Dot com And also you can watch any past episode. In fact, including the one where we hunted with this guy, Kirk Stansel, down at the Hackberry Rod and Gun. Kirk, have you all put the guns away and pulled out the rods, or are you still trying to bag a few birds? We're still trying to bag a few. We've had uh, a pair of gadwall and a pair of green wings come in. Of course, they both, they all four flew away. <laughs> so it's a, little <laughs> more shooting, a little more shooting in the marsh, so we're going to hang in there a little longer. All right. Well, uh, just to... Make y'all feel better and uh, not not special. Um, we've checked all over Catahoula, <laughs> uh, Delacroix, Slidell, um, Carnarvon, Buris, and uh, you know so far I think the best uh, was maybe three birds. You know for, yeah. for blind. Okay, well, we're right in there with them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right on par. Right on par. Everybody's yeah. saying the same thing. Need a new fresh push. A lot of resident birds that have been there for a while, either the ones that yeah. were here, a lot of them left on the front, and we haven't got the reloading yet. So it's kind of been the same story. And, you know, it's come up with several of them about the geese. Nobody is seeing those geese that there's supposed to be so many of them well, you know, that, that we got to eradicate them, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. This morning we've I've seen more geese this morning since I talked to you flying high <laughs> than I've seen all season long. <laughs> but they're they're sky high. And just traveling. Yeah. Do y'all have any of your properties that, that hold speckle bellies? Y'all do a little speckle belly hunt? No, we, we used to, but uh, they we don't get them here anymore. We, we don't yeah. get any speckle belly to speak of. I mean, we not, not enough to hunt, that's for sure. You know, we might shoot one out of the duck blind, but uh, it, we just don't hardly shoot them anymore. Yeah. So what's the prospects for fishing? You said fishing was pretty good. You know, live baits available. It's been good. Be doing some of yeah. that, well, I don't know that, you know, since I talked to you, that wind's picked up. It's going about 10 to 15 right now. That, that ah, might put okay. a damper on fishing. So, uh, but we got a couple of groups that, that, that want to go, so we're going to hit the lake and try to get them. Uh, have you all got a little drop in the temperature? Are you starting to feel it? That's yeah, it's cool. Through? Yeah, it's cool out here this morning. Yeah. Boy, it's, uh, it's nice, actually. Should have I been some ducks ahead of that front. Yeah, yeah. I would think thought there'd been some uh, some ducks with this. We got a nice little north wind blowing, but uh, mm-hmm. not. I mean, not seeing right now. I don't see a duck in the sky. Yeah. Well, where will y'all be about three o'clock? About three o'clock. Probably watching that football game. <laughs> Gold Tigers. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh yeah. What a season That's those guys game. have had, huh? It's been unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great year for them. I'm, you know, I'm I got to, uh, I am too. I, I got to co-host uh, a, a show for another announcer yesterday morning, and we did a lot of sports talk on it. 
And I had some of the experts, I mean, people who are football analysts and been around a long time, and right. all three of them agreed that LSU was going to win this game by more than two touchdowns. But I, I oh, don't wow. see that. I really don't. I, I mean, they're away from Death Valley, and, and Georgia's no slouch. They got a lot to play for. And I realize LSU's yeah. quarterback and that running back, they're having a phenomenal year. But I don't know. I just don't see it being that far apart. Oh, yeah. Georgia's going to show up to play. Uh, there's no doubt That's about it. So, it, uh, you know, both, like you said, both teams have a lot to play for. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. Well, there's even talk that this, if not the greatest quarterback ever played at LSU, it may even be the greatest team that LSU's ever put on the field, and I, I can kind of agree with that. I've seen a lot yeah, of LSU is. teams, and you got to think long and hard to find one that was better than this team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they just they're fun to watch. You know, I know they're for you know the the defense kind of slacked on them a little bit, but I think uh, I think they'll bring their A game today. Yeah. You know, I think this will help the state, too, not just from the LSU standpoint, but I think Coach Ogeron is the type of personality, the type of guy that if they win the national championship and they go undefeated through the whole thing, boy, his his, his stock is going to really rise. And people oh, across this country, oh. they love a guy like that. He looks funny. He oh. talks funny. You know, he's kind of crazy. You know, and he's a likable guy. Yeah, and there's so much that, that it would make people warm up to Louisiana and make them come down to Hackberry Rod and Gun and spend a lot of money That's and it. have fun down. Yeah, we need to get Coach O place. out there. We need to bring him over there. Oh, I tell you <laughs> I'd what, love to have hard him to over here. Yeah, well, we're going to invite him to go do something. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Let's see, when is that uh, championship game? That's that's in January. It yeah, might it's be in January. a little bit of time left. But uh, he may be busy renegotiating contracts by that time. You know, he, he'll be busy no in the doubt. office. <laughs> <laughs> they should be lining up offering more money instead of negotiating. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you think about it, I, I saw, I don't know where I heard it, I saw it about this was a team of misfits. You know, he had all kind of problems over there when he was coaching at Mississippi and Joe Burrow couldn't make it on the Ohio State team, you know, and now he may yeah. be facing them with, putting a championship against him. And uh, the running back, Hilaire, he's had all kind of problems with his family and turned his whole life around. And, boy, I tell you, it's just there's a lot of other ones on that team, and it's just kind of like their year. You know, it's just like it's destiny. It's going to happen for them. I hope it does. It took somebody to bring all those misfits together, you know. And uh, Coach O was a man. Yeah. Well, we will know uh, probably about uh, 6, 30, 7 o'clock what the outcome is on the Southeast Conference Championship and uh, if they're going to go on to bigger and better things. I, I can't see uh, Burrow not coming away with a Heisman Trophy. I mean, I, I just don't see that. Yeah, the last, the last three weeks it's been his to lose in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, until the birds get there, y'all talk a little football. Hope y'all catch a few fish We're before gonna do you that. head back to the lodge. And uh, y'all have a good time. and. We'll check in with you again next week and find out what's going on, and hopefully we can get over there before the season ends. We'd love to make a hunt. With All you. right. Well, I'd love to have you over here, Don. Thanks, Kirk. You're welcome. Thank you. You have a great day. All right. You too. Kirk Stansel, the Stansel family, at Hackberry Rod and Gun out in Calcasieu, over in the Big Lake area, fishing, hunting, and 
cooking and watching football and having a great time, go on their website. Take a look at their lodge. Boy, they got a great dining hall in there, and rooms are real nice. They even got a little store in the in the, in the shop there, too. All right, we come back after this. Uh, we're going to go over some of the things that you may have missed on the early morning show because some of you didn't get up in time. You were probably at a high school football game, maybe watching the Rummel Raiders beat the Catholic Bears 14-10 to 10 for a state championship. I don't know. We'll be right back after this. All right, we're going to be getting back into Duck Blind shortly, but until then, I'll kind of go over some of the announcements and things that developed on the early morning show. In case you got up a little bit late and you're just getting tuned into us, uh, don't forget about our Red Snapper season, Recreational Red Snapper for Louisiana. Has been extended. Uh, this was done uh, back on November 28th and was open then until December 31st or when the remaining quota, which at that time was 27,582, I believe, pounds. Uh, When that amount is caught or December 31st, whichever comes first, the red snapper season will end. But until then, uh, you can still catch two per day per person, minimum 16-inch size, and you can do it seven days a week, uh, where the regular season was open only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three-day weekends. This season is... uh, seven days a week so don't forget you got to have an rolp recreational offshore landing permit because by using that that's how they keep tabs on when that harvest quota is reached they will notify the media as soon as that happens and we'll pass the word along but until then you're welcome to get you some red snapper also got this reminder in from louisiana department of wildlife and fisheries if you were tuned in last week you know that our bad boy the outdoors feature was three guys who were cited for violating the importation ban with deer that they had uh, taken in Texas and then brought back to Louisiana. We have some pretty tight regulations on out-of-state deer coming into the state. And the reason this was done, a lot of you have heard about it by now, uh, chronic wasting disease uh, has been around for a number of years. Uh, We have been lucky and maybe not all luck. We've taken some measures in the state of Louisiana to prevent it from coming here and spreading into our deer population. Uh, It has been detected in three of our neighboring states, to the east in Mississippi, to the north in Arkansas, and in the west in Texas. It's all around us. Uh, Not had a single case verified here in the state of Louisiana, and hopefully we can keep it that way. And in order to do that, they put in a ban of bringing in carcasses from out of state into Louisiana. Now, there's exceptions, and you can bring the meat in, you can bring other parts, but you've got to check out these regulations. You need to really go on the State Department of Wildlife and Fisheries website and read it. But basically, I'll, I'll kind of sum it up for you. Uh, you cannot transport, import, or possess any cervid carcass. Now, when they say cervid, it's mainly white-tailed deer, but basically a cervid is a hoofed animal. So if you're killing elk, caribou, pronghorn, moose, uh, any animal that is considered a member of the cervid family, these regulations apply. Uh, You can bring in meat if it's cut and wrapped, uh, meat that has no bones in it. You can bring a quarter or other portions of meat, but very important, and this is where those three guys got into violations, no part of the spinal column or the head can be attached. Uh, You can bring antlers in. The skulls, if you clean them off of all the meat, remove the brain, uh, and you can leave the antlers on or antlers off, and you can bring that in if it has no tissue on it. A skull has to be nothing but bone. 
Uh, you, you can bring in a cape, the hide, uh, whether it's a uh, fresh hide or tanned. Uh, if it is a finished taxidermy mount, if you get it mounted in the state or another state outside Louisiana, it's perfectly legal to transport it across. Uh, also, teeth. Uh, I don't know who collects deer teeth, but I'm sure there are a few people who do. But, again, they have to be cleaned and scraped of any tissue off of them. Uh, any and all bones need to be disposed of in a manner where its destination is at an approved landfill or an equivalent. And so that's basically the regulations. If you violate that, it could be a fine anywhere from $100 to $350 and up to 60 days in jail. Uh, those three citations that were written just a couple of weeks ago, uh, those were the first ever written in Louisiana. I think up until this point, the state's been pretty lenient on it. Uh, maybe if they found any, they've written warning issue, issued some warning citations. That period is now over. They will be writing tickets uh, for criminal fines and penalties if you're found bringing them in in violation of these rules. Again, uh, that's just a little summary. You can check it all out if you go to the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries website. And it's all over there. It's pretty easy to find. Another issue that came up, and next week we're going to get more into it. Uh, in fact, about this time next week on this program, uh, Neil Lalonde is going to join us. Uh, Neil is with the Department of Interior, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. They are proposing, for the first time ever, fees for users and visitors to the National Wildlife Refuges. Up until this point, it's been free. There's never been a charge. Uh, some permits are required. If you're hunting in there, the permits have been free. You simply pick them up or you download them, fill them out, and what those permits amount to is your acknowledgement that you have read and agreed to the rules because these National Wildlife Refuges are not like hunting on your private land. Uh, there's no baiting allowed. Uh, there's no ATVs allowed. There's no permanent stands. It's quite restrictive because it is for public use, and they anticipate a high volume of use, and you simply can't manage it the way you would private land. But now they're taking it a step further, and in addition to the permit that you need, there are going to be some fees attached if it's approved. These fees range, uh, you can get an annual, this is a year-long public use permit for uh, Bayou Sauvage, Big Branch, Bogachita, and Delta. Those are kind of on the eastern end of the state, 20 bucks for a whole year's use. Uh, if you want to use for those same areas by the day, it's $5. If you want to get a public use permit for the whole year for Bayou Tesh, Cat Island, and Mandalay, those National Wildlife Refuges, that's also proposed to be a $20 fee. Again, $5 for the daily. If you want to get alligator tags by lottery, there's been a lottery where you can be drawn for an alligator tag on the Chafalaya, Bayou Sauvage, Bayou Tesh, Bogachita, Delta, and Mandalay. Uh, that would be $40 to apply for the tags. Now, they've looked at these fees and, and come up with these and decided that what they use, they'll be used for is to maintain and promote a lot of the amenities that you find there. Uh, the roads have to be maintained. There's parking lots. Uh, there's little kiosks if you go in there with a lot of informational brochures and maps. Uh, they do educational programs. And a big part of it is they have their own agents. It's not enforced by Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries personnel. Uh, they have their own park rangers 
and enforcement people. And all of those things I just mentioned obviously takes money. So these permit sales would be conducted through an online service vendor. And also sales would be made at the visitor location in Bayou Lacombe, which is the main headquarters for all the southeast Louisiana refuges. So what they're doing now, they've, they've proposed this. They're asking for public comments starting on Monday. It's a 30-day period where you ask to comment. It'll go till January the 9th of 2020, and they are going to explain uh, the purpose for it, how the money will be used, and then they want you to comment uh, to let them know of any scientific or data that you can provide, and maybe the information that comes from the public could lead to a, a final decision that may alter this. Uh, maybe people think that the fees are too high and they want them reduced, and they'll take that into consideration. So we don't know what the final outcome is going to be. Or if people just up in arms say it's not warranted, we pay enough in taxes, there's money to support this, or we just simply don't want the improvements, they maybe they'll withdraw the proposal. But they are having public forums to discuss these, and I, I gave a little rundown on them, and I'll do it again. Uh, they're going to start on Tuesday. Now, all of these are at 5 o'clock. On Tuesday, it'll be at the Margaret Reed Library in Picayune. Then on Wednesday, they'll be at the St. Mary Parish Library in Franklin, Louisiana. Thursday, they're going to be at uh, Plaquemines Parish Library down in Buras. And then on Friday, they'll be at the West Feliciana Library in St. Francisville. And then on December the 17th. Now, that is uh, a week from this coming Tuesday. Uh, it'll be at the headquarters at Bayou Lacombe, and then you will also have the final one will be held in New Orleans at the East New Orleans Regional Library on Reed Boulevard. That will be Wednesday, December the 18th. Now, all of those are 5 p.m. starts, and again, they're going to make a, a presentation, explain the, the need. They'll explain what the proposed rates are, and then they will ask for public comment. Now, if you want to write your comment and you can't make it to one of these meetings in person, uh, you can send that to the project leader, and that goes to that address on in Lacombe on Highway 434. I uh, would suggest, instead of me trying to give it to you and you write it down, uh, you can go on their website, Southeast Louisiana National Wildlife Refuges, and it will be there as far as the address to where you can send it. It's on Highway 434 in Lacombe. And then all of the comments from the public, the recommendations, including you need to have, give your name and address, they'll become part of the record and part of this issue. And again, uh, next Saturday morning, we're going to be discussing this in length in more detail and giving you kind of the Cliff's notes of the presentation. Uh, let Mr. Lalonde, he will tell you exactly what the fees will be used for. Uh, if you're wondering about my opinion on this, uh, $20 for a, a yearly use to enter those and hunt and fish and take pictures or hike or whatever you want to do on those refuges, that's a bargain. <laughs> that's that's the least amount of money you're going to you spend that for a box of shells. Um, but then again, if it's not warranted or necessary or not going to be used for that purpose is the more important question, then I would be opposed to it. I would ask that there is some guarantee in the language when these fees are adopted, if they're adopted, that they be dedicated. And I mean totally dedicated without any equivocation of where they can go and what it can be used for. 
Because if, if the sportsmen, the hunters, and fishermen of this state are going to self-tax and put that money, it should come back to them. It shouldn't be that, you know, they take this money and they go build roads outside somewhere in some subdivision or they use it for a land-clearing project or some other thing that benefits uh, private land or some other use other than outdoors, which is what these national refuges are geared for. So those are coming up. We'll have more information on that next week. Hope you'll be tuned in, and we'll open the phone lines up. And if you want to ask him any questions or give any recommendations, I'm sure he'll take those down and include them in the public record. All right, want to catch you up on the Bayou Wild TV. It's 844 right now. In about 16 minutes, we have a special showing, one of our bonus airings on Cox Sports TV. It's called CST. It's channel 37 in most systems. Uh, In St. Tammany, it's one of the higher tiers. The number escapes me right now. That will be on at 9 a.m. You'll get to see Mike Smith, the guy we're getting ready to talk to in just a minute in the duck blind, giving some of his uh, five-time state uh, duck calling tips on the air. And you're also going to see Dudley Vandenborn and I. We went out to the... uh, the Trestle Bridge, the railroad bridge across Lake Pontchartrain, and uh, found out that, yes, indeed, the trout are back. The river water uh, is pretty much been diluted. There's a lot of salt water back in there, but it's also got a mix of catches. We caught in that one trip speckled trout. We caught sheep's head, redfish, and some freshwater cats that obviously came in through the Bonnie Carry into Lake Pontchartrain to that Mississippi River diversion. Uh, Chef John Foltz has got a cooking feature on that show. That's what you'll see beginning at 9 a.m. this morning on Bayou Wild TV on Cox Sports Television. Now, if you want to look for the other listings and channels, uh, if you go to our website, BayouWildTV.com, it's all there. You can also watch the episodes online. All of the back episodes, uh, Season 1, Season 2, we're in season three, and we will be starting season number four premieres in February. Got some great stuff we've been working on, too. All right, we'll take the break. When we come back, Mike Smith joins us, five-time Louisiana State duck calling champion. Hopefully still out there. Maybe he's on the way in. Was in Delacroix earlier, kind of a slow morning. Might have picked up. Maybe it didn't. We'll find out right after this. Let's see. Do we have Mike Smith back with us? We do have Mike Smith. Hey, Mike, still in the blind? Yeah, getting ready to throw in the towel. Oh, it's nothing picking up, huh? Not much going on? No, it's pitiful. One blind has three, the other one five, and we got got the goose egg. (laughs) Oh, one blind has five birds? Yeah. Yeah, They're the state leader right now. Yeah. They're, they're the leader. Everybody they're we've talked to, nobody's board. got more than five birds. Yeah, they're on the leaderboard. Yeah. Five they're birds must board. have done some good shooting. <laughs> you still seeing some pull do around? No. Uh, my brother Glenn's where we were uh, last week. Uh, they have a mm-hmm. few pull do around there, but uh, none around here. Yeah. The only ones I see are the plastic ones floating in front of me. <laughs> 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 oh boy! Yeah, yeah one of yeah. those so, days. So uh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna uh, be out tomorrow to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm going. I get some more excitement tomorrow. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you might be surprised. There's a little front moving through. Maybe it'll stimulate something. Bring some birds in. Uh, just talked to uh, Kirk out in Hackberry, and he said they can actually feel the temperature starting to drop over in his way. So. Yeah, it is dropping. I had to put on an extra jacket. So. 
every day is different, so we see how it goes tomorrow. Yeah, this is not one of those Arctic blasts that are going to, you know, push thousands no. of birds in. But, you know, at least you get a little wind, a little cooler temperature. might stir some of the movement of the ones that are here, if not bring a few in. Yeah, I think I'm going to go try to hunt divers tomorrow. Ah, that, that, that might be a good option. You know? Oh, yeah, better than going on a pelican watch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. You know, it's, it seems days. funny, but every time... Seems like when we get a front, that the birds that were here left, but the ones that should replace them are not coming with the front. Now, why is that? The ones that are leaving here, they're arriving at somebody's pond somewhere. It may be in Mexico, but yeah, you know, at least they're 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 arriving. But it seems like we we lose them, but there's nothing to back them up to replace them. Exactly, it's too much good habitat up north of us. You know. Yeah, well, that's that, you know, that's. Something they'll never get rid of, you know. Plus, we're losing yeah, more well, marsh down here. You know, yeah. the, the birds, they bring the young ones. The young ones remember that from the following year. And it's just, you know, a big-time changing situation for southeast Louisiana. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I should be glad that, that we saw probably the best that duck hunting was. Maybe I don't know, maybe the years before us. I, I was told by some of the old-timers, that back in the fifties, uh, it was really bad. I mean, oh, they, yeah. you know, they had short seasons, and you know, they only Ooh. allowed four birds, and you know, and then finally they, they kind of made a comeback. But for a while, it yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah, I remember the four bird limit. Oh shoot, God! Uh oh, uh oh, something snuck in. <laughs> Six blue wings. Oh, yep. Just buzzed you, huh? Just buzzed. Hey, it happens but every I- time we get on. The yeah. ducks come. <laughs> You're speaking of lower limits. I, I started hunting with the limit. It was a 30-day season and a four-bird limit back in the mid-60s. But prior to that, around yeah. 61, 62, before I started hunting, it was a 19-day season with two duck limits. Wow. Yeah, that was that was the worst probably. You know, they yeah. talk about the good old days, but those days weren't so good. 19-day no. season and two ducks. I'll tell yeah. you what the good old days were, were the 80s when we had the point system and it was a 10-bird limit. I know. 10 tails, 10 And how many days, how many, and how many days did we have back then? You remember how many days the season was? I know it was at least 60. Yeah, I think it was 60 or 70. Yeah, I think it was uh-huh. 70 now that you may. I think it was a 70. And then yeah. we had the bonus dogri hunt, if you remember that. In January. Right, right. Right. You could only hunt the big lakes like. Yeah. After the season closed, you were allowed to hunt like on points of Pontchartrain and Lake Bourne and Bourne, Lake Catherine, correct. the big open bays, you know. Oh, yeah. And look, I can five, remember driving yeah. that. Yeah, it was five birds, five degrees. Yeah. And I can remember driving that causeway, and it was from one end to the other, as far as you could see, there was just degrees all over that lake. Oh, yeah, it was thick. I remember those days. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Now, they now they've little, got you. Yeah. Yeah. Three three, three uh, birds. Three limits, and next year it's going to be worse. Forty-five days Could with be. two birds, and fifteen days with one bird. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's oh, not good. Oh, oh. I have a well, good question. If, they... if yeah. you're ever you're around some fish and wildlife people, ask them why. If I'm in the marsh hunting ducks 
shooting at ducks, I have to use non-toxic shot, you know, steel, bismuth, heavy shot, whatever. But I can sit here all day long with a skeet throw and shoot lead. Now tell me if that don't make sense. Yeah. Well, I guess their rationalization is uh, part of the reason, and this is what was told to me when I brought up that same question way back when they were going into this conversion, was that one of the main reasons was because they were trying to save bald eagles, that Uh bald eagles were getting the lead from the ducks they were eating, and they were ingesting it because lead lead goes up the food chain. And Uh I I do remember um, taking some ducks, and and I think they were dogrees, might have been ringnecks, but I cut the gizzards open, and there were partly digested pellets in there. I mean, they were smaller than any size shot. They were smaller than the number nine. They had been in there for a long time, and they right. actually ingested them and got into their bloodstream, and then that's what led to poisoning of the bald eagles. And then when they said our national bird is threatened, that's what pushed it over the, the hump. And now uh-huh. you're starting to see uh, more and more clamor and hollering for putting more and more not, non-toxic shot Everywhere. You you can't go yeah. on a national wildlife refuge with lead and shoot anything. You know, yeah, even rabbits right. and squirrels and that kind of thing. So uh, and then there's there's been some attempts to even outlaw sinkers, lead sinkers really? for fishing. Huh. Good Next luck with that. Be one. Decoy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to have them made out of heavy plastic or sand filled plastic or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Lord, Lord. No, but you're right. In Louisiana, we don't have, because of our bottom is so soft right. that that lead is going to sink and it's not going to be ingested. But, you know, up the flyway where they got that hard bottom where the corn's growing and the ducks are ducking their head down there, I guess they might scoop yeah. up thinking it's seeds or something and ingest pellets. But I, I yeah. don't think you'll ever see the lead come back where it's been no. removed. I only see more banning of lead going to other aspects of hunting. You know. Right. That's just like bringing back leaded gasoline. That'll never happen. <laughs> yeah. It's once they assess a fee or take something away, you don't look for it to come back. It's, nope. It ain't coming back. Sure. Yeah. That's for yep. sure. So well, tomorrow. You know, same thing with license fees and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh, yeah. So tomorrow we just hope for a better day. Yeah, just set up and uh, take what comes. You never know. You could be pleasantly surprised. Maybe on the back end of this front when it gets settled, there'll be a few birds riding on the wind and giving you all some shots, some new birds, some dumb birds that don't know the marsh where they are and see what exactly. happens. That'll work. We'll, we'll get if together. If not, back. Uh, go, back, go back to yeah, we'll go back to where we were and kill some puldu. Yeah, Nothing that's else. a good idea. <laughs> we'll do something. I, uh, I'm going to give you a holler when we do a January hunt. Yeah, we'll we'll look at it and, uh, you know, do some late season hunting and uh, pick out a date during the week, and we'll get out there, maybe uh, maybe hunt a combination of divers or who knows, whatever comes in. You know, whatever happened we get during the end of the season, we'll see. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Uh, All right, well, we'll be checking with you when that uh, second split opens up. You know, we're getting some okay. calls out to you in the blind, find out what's going on. Keep us up to date. I sure will, Don. Thanks for calling. Okay, uh, Michael. All right. Talk to you later. Good luck to you. Mike Smith, uh, Louisiana duck hunting guide over there in the Delacroix area, one of many uh, kind of disappointed with the 
the close of the first split. It's winding on down. We've just got uh, the rest of today and tomorrow till sunset before it wraps up. All right, I uh, did want to get back to some of those uh, text messages you might have missed earlier this morning. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to find out. Someone texted me about the whooping crane case that we talked about on the bad boys a few weeks ago. Said they have information that he was connected, and that's why he got off so light. So we're going to maybe do a little investigation into that. Uh, also, we were asking for some hot spot breakfast areas, uh, breakfast places on the way to the fishing hole. If you're going down to Delacro, Shell Beach, or Hopedale, we got to vote for pennies. I know where that is. Also, uh, Drew Drive Service uh, in Ocean Springs. It's Jules Ocean Springs Drive Service. And then we also had Dick Russell's. I passed that exit. One, It's 15B off I-10 in Mobile. It says they have a great homemade biscuits and hash browns. And then we also had, uh, what was that one? Uh, Navarre's Bakery in Springfield. Got some good biscuits there. And Captain Larry's got the best sausage and egg cheese biscuits. That's down Highway 23 as you head down towards Bell Chase. Tell you who's got pretty good meals. Uh, Cajun Fishing Adventures Lodge, they do a great job. So does uh, Hackberry uh, Ron Gunn. Oh, don't let me forget the island where we were this week hunting with the Hunters for the Hungry. Uh, Johnny uh, down there, Captain Johnny, uh, man, he was cooking, and he made some creme brulee. Oh, best I ever had. Had to get an extra one. Yeah, and besides that, he's a gourmet chef, cooked a great was a gumbo combination of, uh, I think he had chicken in it, but there was some sausage and some shrimp on some fresh rice. Oh, man, making me hungry. All right, it's almost game time. Get into your tailgate mode. Come back and see us again next week for another edition of More Outdoors right here on WWL 105.3 FM HD2. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.